Welcome back to Balancing the Biz. Today we are talking about cursing in the workplace and being yourself. to start out this episode and share this quote from Inc.com. And it basically goes, what allows people to scale their lives and achieve remarkable things is an army of supporters who are crazy passionate about the leader. And no one gets crazy passionate about anyone unless that person is extraordinarily unique and true to herself. How do you feel about that? I love this quote. I love it. I, when reading the notes for this episode, Megan, when you added this in, I was like, this is probably the perfect quote for our topic today. Right? I just loved how much it like summarized how, you know, you really do get this like following and you get people that love you just by being yourself. Yeah, I think it's it's just easier to be like everybody else or what you think everyone thinks you should be. So the real challenge is going out there and being yourself. And I think deep down and subconsciously we recognize that and so I think a lot of people vicariously live through people on social media who are very authentic and true to themselves mm-hmm. that was beautifully put Kate oh thank you <laughs> start us off okay so since we are talking about cursing in the workplace that's what we're gonna start off with and we have some pros and cons to this and it's not for everybody i just want to lead with that yeah you know don't feel pressure like you have to curse in the workplace or on your social media like if it's not true to you then you don't have to partake in it yeah and there are some people that feel like they can get along with you better because they feel more comfortable with people who like cuss because they do it themselves and i kind of relate to this i feel like Whenever I'm watching something and someone sprinkles in an F-bomb or something else, other curse word, I'm like, okay, I can vibe with this person because they're kind of speaking more of my language. I feel like Mm -hmm. things are more relaxed and laid back in language these days. Yeah. So two things on that. First of all, I thought it was the funniest thing when I moved down here from New York and people said the word cuss. And you said it there and it just like brought me back to when I first moved down here to the South because like, we don't say that up North. I'm a true Southerner, you guys. <laughs> yeah, you are a true Charlotte native. Um, and then my second thing is that uh, the first time that I ever heard my therapist drop an F-bomb, I was like, oh, it's like, yes. <laughs> it's like you can feel the intensity from what you're trying to communicate when you sprinkle those words in and I think people just naturally are gravitated towards that. Yeah. And to me, like, it's just language. I don't see it as something being bad or, or not right or anything. I just see it as language. Like you said, it intensifies conversations. So if I want to intensify something, I might drop an F-bomb. Yeah. And there's a time and a place for sure. Like I'm not going to walk into a wedding and say, let's get this effing show started. Like I'm not going to pop off with F-bombs or anything like that. (laughs) But okay. But on my wedding day, you better. (laughs) 
Yes, of course. Well, that's different. We're best friends. But, you know, in the professional context, you know, I feel like in person, not like, I feel like you should refrain from it until you get a sense for Mm -hmm. the other person and you can kind of feel them out a little bit. But on social media, you also need to like feel the following, I guess, you know, so if you have a lot more younger people that follow you, I feel like they're going to be more open to that kind of thing versus an older following. And I'm not trying to like group everyone together. There are definitely people who don't fall in those lines, but just as an example. Yeah, no, I totally agree with you. And I don't think it, you know, uh, there just as a general rule of thumb, it's typical that younger people might find cursing a little bit more like or attractive. Yeah. But yeah, I think like it can oftentimes feel like you're being like really genuine and raw, which is something that people gravitate towards a lot. So like we were saying, I think that if somebody curses, I almost feel like it's like, oh, like we're being real right now. Like we're just two people. We're not just a like, you know, client and business owner relationship. Like it just kind of feels like you're really creating a deeper relationship in some way. Yeah. And it can also break up like your message. So it doesn't feel so scripty. Mm. I think like we naturally use those words like in everyday conversations like with our friends and people we're comfortable with so I think it's a good way to really spice up you know your content and your message if that's what you're looking for right and I think you know it's hard for me I always think about this idea of staying true to yourself while also walking the line of like staying in my boundaries within certain clients you know what I mean Mm-hmm. And that's hard for me sometimes, but I really do love that you said, you know, we really do have to learn how to read the room. Like if I think about a situation where I'm sitting down with a 25 year old bride, I feel a little bit more, you know, we're talking about all this random stuff and she's just super open and, and she, you know, might curse a little bit herself. I feel a little bit more inclined to be like, oh yeah, I can just like let go and curse when I want to and everything. But if Mm -hmm. I'm sitting down with maybe a 45 year old bride and she seems a little bit more reserved and not so, um, you know, just like open and everything, then I'm definitely more keen to kind of stay reserved to myself. Reeling it back. Yeah. Yeah. Where do you find that line of like, this is something I feel like I'm going to wrestle with for the rest of my life. Like, where do you find that line between staying true to yourself while also reading the room? You know, I think this is an ever evolving question that people have, you know, and you kind of go up and down and it changes as you grow older, to be honest, like your values shift and everything. And I've, found myself that I don't curse as much like around families and kids and stuff. And I personally choose not to curse that much on my social media. I use it very sparingly only when I'm feeling like very passionate or trying to emphasize a point. Mm -hmm. But I think there's levels of intention behind like cursing, you know, obviously there's the very immature ways to use it. And I think there are mature ways to use that language, you know? And I think it's being aware of that, how, how you want it to be perceived and who you're speaking to 
is kind of what you need to be aware of to kind of find the balance between these two like polar opposites. Right, right. No, I think that's beautifully said. And like you said in the beginning of that, it really is an ever evolving thing. I don't think that it's a black and white answer, you know, just because Mm -hmm. you, just because I may choose not to curse in front of somebody doesn't mean that I'm not being true to myself. It just means maybe I'm reading a little, the reading the room a little bit more right now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, This is a good point too, to talk about one time I, I'm pretty sure I had mentioned it in a podcast before, but one time I shared a, um, I sent out an email marketing campaign and I wrote the word hell in the title and I got one email back that I still laugh about to this day, but I got an email back from a woman saying basically, you know, like, oh, I don't want to be a part of your, um, of your business. If you're going to curse and put like negative things in your, in your email marketing or something you know, in more or less words. Um, and initially I, first I laughed. I was like, that's hilarious. Like <laughs> I said the word hell. Of course. <laughs> yeah. Initially I laughed. Um, and then of course I thought about it because I was like, you know, is this something that I really want to show up as? But over time, I just realized, again, we're walking that fine line of being true to ourselves and also like reading the room a little bit. So for me, I choose to curse in some of my social media. I use it sparingly still. I don't do it all the time, but I'm still, I curse because in my everyday life, I curse, you know, and it's just like, I, I still want it to feel like genuine to me, but I think it really is like a case by case basis. I don't think that cursing in the workplace is something that is totally negative or totally positive. It's like, it's a spectrum. It's a little bit of both. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. Um, you know, it's just so interesting that you got feedback, like someone took the time to respond to your your campaign email. And that just goes to show that not every person is your ideal client. I'm assuming that that person really deep down isn't someone you really want to work with at the end of the day. I wish y'all could see my face right now. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> she's no. got that nabra look <laughs> no <laughs> because you know the thing is too like my ideal client not that i would say my ideal client is like somebody who curses and is like you know yeah but my ideal client is somebody that accepts people for who they are and is not going to like judge someone and their entire business because they said the word hell Yeah. Well, that leads into our next point that this is going to push some people away, but pull others towards you. And that's a perfect example, Megan, of what happened to you with that email. And, you know, you learned from it every step, you know, if you decide to use a curse word and you get a lot of negative feedback, you know, I think you should take it at the surface level and evaluate, okay, maybe I should relook at using curse words on my social media is this gonna you know hurt me or help me so you know on the other spectrum people might be like oh my god I connected with this so much like thank you I want more of this so you never know until you take that leap but and I think there's lessons (laughs) I think there's something to take away from that too of this was earlier on in this was maybe now about two-ish years ago, two and a half years ago. And I think since then I have gotten a lot better at finding my ideal client and 
putting that out into the universe. So in turn now, like if something, if you feel called to be, to be able to curse on your social media and not like not have negative feedback behind it, maybe. And if you are getting negative feedback, maybe it means that you are not advertising to the right client right now. Yeah. That's the money right there. What Mm -hmm. you just said. It's the money. (laughs) Yep. And like we've been saying, if cursing is something that you do in your regular life, then there's no reason why you shouldn't be able to do it in your work life. And if it feels like you, then go for it. And like we said, like if later on down the road, it doesn't feel like you, you can always switch it up. Like it's not something that you have to do for the rest of your life. Hell yeah. And on that note, Kate, let's go take an ad break. Okay, guys, we're back. And this part of the episode, we're going to talk about learning to be yourself and like leaning more into being you. And to start off, we recommend setting aside 30 minute sessions for brainstorming on this prompt. If you moved to a new place, didn't know anyone at all, got rid of all of your prior beliefs on who you should be, who would you be and what would you pursue? And I think this is a great like place to start in like self-discovery. Mm-hmm. And I've done this a couple of times. Megan, have you journaled on these before? Yeah, I definitely, when I moved down here from up north, I think when you stay in the same place, like you grow up, sometimes it's hard for you to like switch your values. Like mm-hmm. I think if I still lived where I grew up, I would be a very different person. Um but it took me moving away and like really doing a lot of self-discovery to sit down and be like, okay, who am I? And that question kind of sounds like very like esoteric. It just sounds like, okay, really? Like, <laughs> It's kind of cliche to be like, who am I? Yeah, but it's real. Like it's a real thing to think about when you get to a point where you feel so comfortable with who you are, it is one of the most freeing feelings. Mm-hmm. You just feel at peace. Right. Yeah. And like, it's almost like, I I feel like when I got to the point where I felt comfortable with who I was and um, I was able to even recognize who I was, I was a much happier person. Like I was able to live my life and almost be okay with if so-and-so didn't like me or, you know, you know, if somebody, if a client said no to me or, or something like that, I think that you just grow a lot from figuring out who you are as a person. Yeah. And it's interesting that you mentioned how you basically moved here and had a blank slate. So I've lived here my whole life and never really moved far from home. I've been in different like towns around where I grew up, Mm -hmm. but it's definitely difficult to detach from what you like grew up with and what you've known your whole life and to develop this whole new vision for yourself and it takes a lot of work and I had to distance myself from a lot of you know people I was surrounding myself with and that led to me like changing my habits that were going to lead me into where I wanted to be yeah I was going to say I was thinking about that we have very different experiences with that because I can't imagine how hard it would be for me to still be where I grew up. And I still have the same group of friends that I grew up with from when I was very young. And 
I can't imagine that I would be able to be as far as I am today if I was still there just because um, it's so hard and takes a ton of work to detach yourself from old values, old relationships, and the just things that aren't serving you anymore. Yeah. Had I started with the clean slate and like moved like you did, I probably would have started my journey a little bit sooner. So just to give you some context, like Megan's a few years younger than I am. And I spent maybe like a year and a half really trying to work through letting go of all that stuff. So it is a lot of work for sure. Snaps for you, Kate, because like I said, that that shit ain't easy. (laughs) No, it was hard, but I'm grateful for the experience. It was a definitely a very deep uncovering so to speak, like just reconnecting with who I am at the core and getting rid of all the, because the people I was hanging out with, it was just surface level stuff, to be honest. Right. I think a lot of it is when you're younger, because you think about it's like proximity. It's Mm -hmm. who's in your classes or who's in the same club as you, or I think it's different when you get older, you really have a choice to make friends and relationships with people that share a lot of the same values of you as you. Yeah. And I feel like you're more inclined to expose yourself to different things as you get older because you get more comfortable and you don't have as much social pressure to Mm -hmm. be accepted. And, you know, that was something that was hard for me to, you know, trying to find my place, you know, Yeah. but finding your place like in society, it comes second to finding your place within yourself. I think. Mm -hmm. And I spent, you know, I had some trauma in my later high school years that kind of forced me to focus on a lot of this stuff at an early age. Yeah. Hey, snaps for you, Kate. Everybody snaps. I'm going to pat myself (laughs) on the back. Yeah, Yeah, please do. (laughs) Okay. Leading on. So maybe in the next week or two, maybe try to be more aware of the words that you use and sit on them for a little while. So You can think about what words connect more with your brand or story or what words resonate more with you at the core, you know, Mm -hmm. and Megan and I are big fans of like brain dumps and you could literally just take a scrap sheet of paper and just write words down that you feel. That's a good starting place. Yeah. And this could be a really great first step to you to kind of dive into what defining words you want to use for yourself in the future of what, you know, kind of resonates with you and your values. Yeah. Well said. So Megan found this link and we're going to leave this in our show notes for you guys. And it's an awesome psychology today article about being yourself. And we wanted to highlight some of the studies that were sourced in the article. So in the study published by Tel Aviv university participants were assigned randomly to be one of two groups So those in the first group were instructed to recall and write about a situation in which they were authentic, and the second group was to do the same, but about a time they were inauthentic. And what was so interesting about the study is the participants completed a test of happiness related specifically to how they were feeling at the time they wrote about this. And the people in the first group were simply asked to recall being authentic were happier than those in the second group who were asked to recall inauthenticity. And I think this speaks volumes. Mm, Right? 
it was so beautiful to, to me to read that and just think I did a lot of reflecting then. And I was like, you know what? I want to think of my own moment where I was authentic or inauthentic. Like, can you, Kate, recall back to a moment that you were inauthentic? Yeah, actually, um, sometimes when recording my stories, so I'm not the best, like, person with recording myself. I feel very awkward, and that's part of my <laughs> uh, introverted extrovert. But um, sometimes I feel inauthentic when I record the same videos over and over again because I messed up on a word or something. So um, honestly, when I catch myself doing that, I will stop what I'm doing and revisit that just because it's not a source of happiness when I have to like do things over and over like that. Um, It doesn't feel like I'm in the moment. So I've found jotting down little notes of like points that I want to hit help keep me focused when I'm doing that so I can show up and be as real as possible. Right. I love that you sat back and you're able to realize in the moment of like, hey, I am not being true to myself right now. I need to like figure out why this is happening and where is my pain point right now? Honestly, and it puts me into a very self-judgmental space. Like when I'm like, oh, like I can't like have this perfectly presented story that gets what I want directly across to like who's watching it. And so whenever it gets to that point, that's when I just table it. Yeah. And I feel like people can tell when you're being authentic versus inauthentic, like, especially if they know you a little bit, like, Mm -hmm. I feel like if you were to post a video where like, like, I feel like I would be able to tell. Right. Yeah. You would, you know me very well, Megan. Yeah. (laughs) I guess. (laughs) Yeah. I guess that's true. You know, like it's very different to having a relationship on you know, an actual friendship rather than just like you see somebody on Instagram. But Mm -hmm. I do think that people can tell when you're being inauthentic versus authentic. I love this story so much. It was one of like the defining moments for me in um, dating my boyfriend, actually. Sorry, I talk about him all the time, but he's smart. (laughs) Okay. It's part of the balance. <laughs> it is. It's part of the balance. Um, but it's it's a really good story. I promise. So uh, when we were we were both working at Outback Steakhouse, represent <laughs> um, a couple of years ago. Before, that was the job I had right before I quit and went full time in my business. But we were both servers, and um, I will just go ahead and say it. I would lie to people when I would mess up about things. Of like, if I forgot to put in their order, I would most likely lie to them (laughs) (laughs) to save face so you could get a good tip (laughs) (laughs) like I'm laughing about it now but it's terrible (laughs) it's so mean and now you guys will know anytime you're at a restaurant uh, post-covid world and your server says something about the kitchen messing up or something more than likely the server probably messed up (laughs) (laughs) but the moral of the story is I found out one day that we, I was talking about it with Victor or something. And he was like, what? He was like, why don't you just tell them the truth? And I was like, what do you mean? Tell them the truth. I never even thought about this as an option. And he said, you know, when he messes up, he's just like honest with his table. And he's just like, Hey guys, I'm really sorry, but I messed up here. And, um, you know, I'm going to do everything I can to make it better for you. But you know, if there's anything I can do for you in the meantime, let me know. And nine times out of 10, he would still get amazing tips, even though their food was like 25, 30 minutes late. 
And this just like, it called home to me so much. I was like, man, if you just take that with you in your everyday life, people know when you are being inauthentic versus authentic. People know when you're being real. And if you are choosing to be inauthentic to like save face or to fit in, people in turn are not going to relate to you because it's not you. Mm -hmm. Well, and I think naturally we all have instincts to be able to recognize flow versus force. And if you're trying to force things, like it just feels very rigid and restricted. But when you're flowing, things just come naturally. And, you know, I just feel like it comes from a better place. Yeah, it comes from a, a place of genuine, genuinity. Is that a word? I don't know. It comes from a genuine place in your heart. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I hope you guys enjoyed that story. And I hope you can really take home what, how much I took home from that. Well, you know, I just want to give you props, Megan, for like being vulnerable enough to share that with us. Hell yeah. I mean, that's the thing, like, well, thank you, but <laughs> like <laughs> servers mess up and you know, I mess up. I mess up just like all of y'all, just like everybody. Mm -hmm. Okay, Megan, do you want to share with us how you're showing up for your audience, like how people can do this as their unique selves? Yes. So this is a big thing. Obviously, the main point of our episode is just to learn how to first learn about yourself and then go ahead and show up for your audience exactly as you are. So our first thing is going to be going live on Instagram. And this was my first thing because this is something I'm doing a lot right now. Um, I know this is terrifying for a lot of people. I understand. Me. I'm <laughs> yeah. over here like I'm never going to do it. <laughs> yes, guys, you will see me and Kate with our asses on Balancing the Biz Instagram Live one day. I'm going to get her. You're going to have to give me alcohol. <laughs> I'm fine. Well, maybe that. not. Maybe not because I'll be a little crazy. <laughs> let, let us know, guys, if you want to see that. <laughs> but for real, going live on Instagram, I think, again, it's terrifying for some people. But the reality is you can't change anything that happens on there. So... It, you have to almost be your authentic self. It's going to feel weird if you're not being you. Like you're going to feel weird. I mean, it's not just going to feel weird to your audience. So going live on Instagram, even if you start with a friend or something, a really good idea is to do, you can like call people on Instagram live and do a live together. So it shows up on both people's profiles, like on their notification feeds for people to be able to see. So if you have somebody that you want to collab with within your industry, like reach out to them on Instagram DMs and be like, hey, you know, I've really been thinking about going live on my Instagram, but I'm kind of nervous to do it myself. Would you mind hopping on with me for the first time and we can, you know, chat about whatever? I think that's a great idea. I still don't want to do it. So those <laughs> of you that are terrified of going live, it's totally fine. <laughs> also, don't reach out to Kate for help. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> Disclaimer, I'm not going to help you there. Megan's your person. <laughs> oh my God. That's hilarious. Um, something actually, another Instagram, you know, this Instagram girl that I follow and we've met a couple of times, she's such a sweet little mama, but she recommended too for lives. Um, if you want to go live and you're like nervous about, you don't know what you're going to talk about, maybe the day before put on your stories, a question box and be like, Hey guys, I'm going live tomorrow at, you know, blah, blah, blah time. 
um, drop any questions you have for me in this question box. And then it gives you a bunch of different things to talk about in the live, even if there aren't people that are like live in there with you. Uh, I think that's a really good tip. I never yeah. thought of that. Me neither. So smart. Okay. So this is, um, you know, very funny going after the whole going live situation, but think before you speak. And I know we've all heard this, but in all seriousness, um, are you being genuine with your words? I don't mean think before you speak in a way of like trying to doctor your words to fit in more. I mean, like, are you being genuine with your words? Are you stopping and listening to people when they speak and not being distracted by outside things or your phone or blah, blah, blah. Um, are you actually listening to them and then commenting and like holding a conversation genuinely? I think the phone mention is so worthy mm. because it's so rude to be holding up your phone when someone's trying to have you know, a conversation with you. Right? It's a pet peeve of mine. Is it I won't really? get on my soapbox. I will not get up there today i also hate cell phones because everyone thinks they're a photographer at a wedding with them but that's a whole other thing for a different day <laughs> that's hilarious i but i agree with you to give you guys some context on why i hate the whole like people being on the phone while you're trying to talk to them i used to be a grocery store employee and i was i would work the register and i cannot tell you how many times people would walk up there and they would be talking on their phone and totally ignoring anything that I'd say. And mm. I just, I can't. <laughs> I hate when I see people do that. It's almost like what, like how high of a horse do you have to be on to think like that's okay to just completely ignore this employee in front of you? Like what? <laughs> I go out of my way to like, I ask people if I can put them on hold or call them back. Like if it's yeah. that important just because I try to be a decent human. But exactly. Yeah, that's, that's my pet peeve. <laughs> but yeah, guys, so for real, are you being genuine with your words? Are you being genuine with um, your conversations? And I think this also carries into areas of if um, maybe you disagree with something that somebody is saying, but obviously if it's a client and everything, you don't want to like cross that line of it being like an uncomfortable situation but I truly do not believe that you should just agree with someone just to save face and just to agree with them basically even if it is mm -hmm. a client and I don't mean like to be volatile and I just mean change the conversation because <laughs> mm -hmm. a lot of times if somebody is talking about something like a client is sitting there telling me about x y and z and I I don't you know I don't vibe with whatever she's talking about. I'll be like, oh, like, you know, that's so interesting, you know, that, that point you made, like, and then switch the conversation to like, oh, hey, how is your fiance doing? Like, how is he, you know, just try to switch the conversation to something if you really don't um, feel like your values match up with what they're talking about. Because I don't think that you should agree with someone and try to be, try to like, just like melt into what they're talking about just yeah. to kind of like be make everybody comfortable mm -hmm. okay so our next big tip this goes back to instagram but and kate you mentioned this before so recording your instagram stories if you guys love to you know like get on your instagram story but it makes you really nervous which that's another thing too 
if you don't feel like hopping on your Instagram stories is genuine to you and your type of personality, don't do it. You don't have to do it just because everybody's telling you to do it. No, you don't. I mean, people like to see your face and like to, you know, just acknowledge that you're not just a robot posting content to a platform. But like Megan said, if it's not you, then don't feel like you have to do it. Right. If videos aren't your thing, put, you know, some pictures up of you throughout the day or whatever. Um, I do think your audience wants to see you share a little bit more than just, you know, the, they don't want you selling all the time, but Mm. um, back to recording videos, do not like, I want you guys to vow to yourself to not refilm them. Kind of like what I was saying. Like if I catch myself doing that, I just table it and mm-hmm. it does get easier the more you practice and the more you like push yourself out of your comfort zone because guys like three years ago when stories was introduced I was like I'm not doing that <laughs> kind of like how I'm talking about how I'm not going to go live and Megan's going to force me to do that you guys watch it happen anyways <laughs> I am always here to push people out of their comfort zone in yes. a way that they want to not creepy <laughs> <laughs> Um, but it does get easier as you practice it. Yes. And just, if you promise that self, be like the Duke in Bridgerton and bow, take a, uh, take a vow of honor. (laughs) I'm just visualizing the Duke. That's, you lost me there. (laughs) Sorry. I probably lost a lot of people there. Everyone's like, oh, the Duke. (laughs) But be like the Duke, take a vow of honor. You are not going to re-record your Instagram stories. Hop on there, talk about whatever, mess up your words. People don't care. You are a human. You are not a robot. Preach. (laughs) Do I need to get the box out for you? The soapbox? Please. (laughs) Okay, guys. Our last and final point is just be freaking you. Take away all of the fluff of the people in your circle, what social media tells us to care about and what we think, quote unquote, we should be doing or saying. Just be you. Figure out who you is and stay true to it. Yeah, and I think it's worth mentioning that when you try to align, you know, your thoughts, your beliefs, your values, you know, and everything to be in tune, that's when you get to the really good stuff. Mm -hmm. And it's a lot of work and it's constant work. It's not like you do this one time and okay, I figured myself out and now I can go conquer the world to like, we are always changing and evolving. So this is a constant process to revisit. Yeah. Hell yeah, guys. Self-work and brain work is such a beautiful thing. It is. Okay, guys. Well, that wraps up cursing in the workplace and being yourself. And don't forget to tune in next week to hear our chat about determining your business values. It's going to be a good one, guys. We'll see you next week. 